Welcome to the Real Driving Man podcast. This is the self-therapy section of the show where I just talk about things. Uh, The other part of my show, I call it Bipolar Talk, is going to be a little bit more focused. So if you want to have a more structured show where I'm trying, not that I'm not trying, but a more, yeah, we'll just call it a focused show about mental illness, go there. This is more kind of something I just, I just call it self-therapy for a reason. I do it for myself. Um, as a comedian, it's nice to kind of just try to talk about things uh, and work through things by myself. Um, also, I like to talk, and sometimes people don't want to listen, so I'll do it to myself. Um, I'm going to own one thing. Uh, I don't have a ton of F listeners right now, uh, but I actually took down a bunch of my old videos, and it's kind of hypocritical because for a long time I said, I'm going to keep them up because I want to be authentic. I want to be authentic. So why did I change? Um, well, I took them down because, I don't know, maybe I was in, I was definitely influenced by uh, just different people on podcasts talking about digital modesty, how to have some grace in how you present yourself online. And I did have a lot of episodes where I had a lot of controversial things, and I got really intense, and they were all up there. So if anyone wants them, I think I have most of the episodes I took down. You can just message me, and I'll send them. I don't want to lie, and I don't want to want to listen to them. But I didn't have a ton of listeners. I don't have a ton of listeners right now. Um, those who do, I really appreciate it. Um, and so I thought it was a good time to kind of – I don't know, try to have the podcast have a more professional look. I don't have the greatest lighting, but I've tried to have solid backgrounds and to produce a more quality show. And I just want to – I tend to like to fight physically and with ideas. And I didn't want to come off that way with people. I didn't want to come off as a total asshole. I didn't want to be shadow banned everywhere. And, you know, so I'm not lying, but this is kind of, I guess – I guess the evolution of the Real Driving Man podcast. Oh, what's been going on recently? Um, well, it's 2024, and I th- it's so weird. The last couple years have felt like everything's on the verge of collapsing, and we're almost going through it like, it hasn't happened yet, it hasn't happened yet. And, I mean, there's wars, and it seems like these wars have little to do with us most average people who live in America. And there's so much that feels outside of everybody's control. And I think we just have to try to do our best to keep doing what we're doing, understanding there are a lot of things out of control. And got to keep trying to move forward, trying to deal uh, with the world. Um, But it can be scary. It can be scary when... It seems like there are a lot of forces that just – it seems like there's a lot of greed and especially maybe higher ends of society wanting more and more. And it can be hard. It can be depressing to talk about because of how pervasive it's been. And then we have a, a culture that's gotten – like my generation, which is born in 1988, kind of beginning of Gen Z maybe, but still kind of look like a millennial with all crazy cancel culture and – this kind of, not kind of, this religion of wokeness and 
and not even the of just the left, but the right, how our political views have almost become like religious views, not almost, basically have been. I think a lot of people don't want to admit, but we all have a religious shaped hole in our heart, <laughs> and we fill it with something. Um, and also, I realized, especially after the pandemic, that life was going to be pretty tough especially from now on. And I better learn to be strong or probably be harder than it would have to be. And I don't get people, like one, I, one let's start with the story. I went on a first date a couple weeks ago and it lasted four and a half hours, which was objectively very way too long. And I had a good time, but we ended up due to a dispute about uh, Mac Rife's domestic violence joke. We just she decided she didn't want to see me again, so we went our own separate ways. It was never overtly like superheated, but there's debate. And I'm a comedian. I'm going to defend comedians probably to the ends of the earth because I'm part of the community that I love. And I don't. I was a kid who growing up got offended by literally everything. I would get offended when people would call me stupid on the playground. And I realized, oh, I get offended very easily. Well, maybe I should try to develop some thick skin so I can recognize that I'm getting offended easily and I don't take it to heart every single time. Um, and the world's tough and it's not going to accommodate you in specifically. And while there's obviously things that sh people should get offended on, there's lines – I think especially in comedy, which is the realm of jokes, you need to be free to be able to say what you want. And, like, yeah, there's things that are offensive, so just don't take offense to them. I mean, people are going to say shitty things. People are going to be shitty. It doesn't mean it's okay or you should promote it, but I realized no one cared about my feelings for a long time. They didn't care that I had a fact that I had a mental illness. And while that doesn't mean I shouldn't care and I shouldn't take care of myself, but... I don't know, the the culture of getting super offended by things, I don't know. I'm like, genuinely, are you genuinely offended? I mean, there's certain things, like, I, I get, I'm not crazy. Like, you know, especially between different cultures, different races, there's res general respect. But I think a lot of times people get offended when, especially in jokes, where you're just trying to be funny and sometimes it doesn't work. People are looking to be offended, and that is weird to me. It's like, why? Why not just not listen if you don't like it? Um, and there does seem to be a, a urge to tear down people who are successful, find out what's wrong with them and be like, I knew it, tear them down, which, yeah, I mean, me too has gotten, you know, a lot of, I mean, there's been good from it, but are you tearing down this guy because he's a genuine piece of shit or are you tearing down with him because you don't like him? And... It's just a lot to come from a cis white guy. It's like, I don't give a shit anymore. I don't give a shit. I spend – it's a funny thing because comedians, I think, are the, probably one of the most diverse, if not the most diverse group I've ever been in. I I judge people based on – people based on the content of their character, not who – not that, not anything else. But I think that can be really hard. There's a lot of different cultures. There's a lot of weird things we all don't understand, and it can be really tough for us to sometimes accept other people. We should. We should. 
We should think for ourselves. We should think critically. I left the university. I wanted to go get my PhD. Um, but the COVID happened. I did not like what the culture had become inside universities, and I decided to go be a comedian instead. And it made me sad because universities to me were the place where we're supposed to explore ideas, even if those ideas are wild, just to find out if they're true or not. And if we're so concerned about offending people and different people and equity and all these ideas, it's like, okay, okay, whatever. Do your thing. I'm going to go hang out and laugh and say stupid shit and, and have a good time. Uh, try, I'm, I'm trying not to take life as seriously. Like I, I do take it very seriously. I work very hard. But I have to remind myself because sometimes I can get too serious and intense about things. To just laugh, have fun. I don't think you get to choose, I mean, unless you kill yourself, <laughs> when you die or when it's over or how it ends. And if, as a person who was very worried about those things for a long time, I eventually realized, okay, I've been worrying about this thing for a long time. Uh, world ending, natural disasters, asteroids, super volcano, whatever. Even if it does happen, like this worrying's not doing anything. It's just driving me crazy. I think sometimes as we almost want there to be an apocalyptic disaster that does happen that we know when it's going to happen because then at least we know. But sometimes those urge can evolve into a very weird place where we almost are trying to make the end of the world just so we can face it, just so we have some stability in our life. But life's not like that. Life is hard. It's scary. We need to face things, move forward, get better. And maybe if we do that, then we can become stronger in our own unique ways and come together and build a society that's been better than what's left with us. And even if we can't, it's something worth spending your life on. If it's going to end anyway by some whatever, whatever, climate change, economic collapse, solar flares, you name it. Okay. Don't you want to enjoy while we're here? Don't be hedonistic, but I found that when I have started aim up and try to do better and I'd say it really happened in the last five years for me it has helped protect me from the depression anxiety of existence because oh it was worth it I had these you know amazing people and I have to acknowledge I and I don't want to say I have white privilege because I fucking hate that but I was a very privileged person I consider myself the luckiest bipolar in the whole world I have phenomenal parents parents who love me who put who push me, who provided for me in almost every single way, but also hold me to standards and help me be a better person. So many people don't have that. And I'm just so thankful for what I have. I used to kind of feel guilty about it, but Yaomi Park, she talked about, I maybe it was on Joe Rogan, I think, who her life is infinitely more fucked up than mine. I can't even imagine and she said, I don't want people to feel bad. I want them to be grateful. And I thought that was so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Someone who's had objectively one of the most fucked up lives I've ever heard of. was like, just be grateful for what you have. And I think that thankful, like one thing I try to do, I try to do four thankfuls every day, which are four thankfuls. What do you mean? It's like, well, I just, and it's almost like, something akin to prayer where I just kind of spend time to acknowledge four things I'm thankful for and then I take seven deep breaths. 
um, mainly kind of took that from the rituals that Rick Rubin talked about in his book about trying to increase your creativity and your ability to draw from source is what he would call um, through a daily practice. And I do think it is kind of more kind of at least borders on the edge of the religious, if not crosses over, but it works. It works. If you do try to be thankful for things, I think writing it out is the best way, but you know, life's busy. So just to acknowledge things you're thankful for, because I think no matter who you are, you have things to be thankful for. I have a ton to be thankful for. And when you acknowledge that, I think it allows you to look at your life like, fuck, look what I've done. I've climbed a lot of mountains. I've fought a lot of people. I've trained. I've gotten better. I've done stand-up. I have can kind of play the piano. <laughs> I've done some... I've had a good life. And... You know, that's all we can do. That's all we can do. Because one thing I realize is that if you do just focus on the world ending, what happens if it doesn't? What happens if things turn out okay? What's your plan then? Because if you're just, if you aim up and then things go to shit, it's like, well, you're working on aiming up. You're building something and maybe they can help you adjust. But if you're just worried about all the awful thing that's going to happen, I mean, you're going to be waiting a long time. I think we also like I'm a I'm a big proponent of psychedelics. I've done a lot. I think I uh one of my first episodes I did in kind of this newer format. Um I think my first one I did talk about my psychedelic experiences. Um And they do help. I think psychedelics are, we need way more research on them, but they are a, as someone who's taken a lot, who has a mental illness where you probably shouldn't take any at all, they can be a useful tool in a lot of different ways. Um, I think a lot of people who don't do well with them have trouble letting go if you're a very controlling person <laughs> you may, maybe stay away because it, it does kind of rip control from you and I want more I wish there was more active information out there and there will be about these compounds because I think they've really helped me accept life they've helped me accept death and they've helped me love life love what I have um wrestle with demons and give me some of the most bizarre and wild and incredible experiences of my life. Um, not, I'm like I said, I'm not a doctor. I'm not anyone special. I don't know what you should or shouldn't take. And I'm not going to recommend anything. Uh, but they do provide a, they open an eye. Let's just say. Maybe see things a little differently. Huh. How do I want to... What do I want to go from here? Well, the UFC is happening tonight. I'm excited about that. Um, I haven't watched in a long time. I'm kind of excited. I'm getting getting kind of pumped. And I don't know. I don't know. Sean Strickland looked great against Adesanya. So, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? 
Um, how do I want to end this? I don't want to end this on just that. That was kind of a <laughs> anticlimactic, maybe. The world is going to continue to be wild, and it's probably only going to get wilder. And may we all find something to, to ground us that also pushes us to continue to go on adventures because life is an adventure. And I love – oh, I know. This is a great way to end it. So I'm a huge fan of the Dune series. The Dune series is great. And uh, the fourth book, God Emperor of Dune, kind of illustrates a dystopian society in one where a god emperor takes care of everything for everybody. You don't have to do anything, but you cannot leave your town. You have to walk everywhere. You have you cannot do a lot of different things and you have to just float by with life. And in that book, it taught Leto, the god emperor, talks about how what he's doing is is in a sense to make humanity remember, "Hey. Hey, hey, hey." You don't want everything taken care of. You don't want absolute certainty. You want some degree of chaos because then your life's an adventure rather than a planned out board game, basically. So, may we have the courage to face the adventure that is life.